0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you always.
0: You're listening to the Secrets of Star Wars episode 67.
1: Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people make things
0: float impressive every word in that sense was wrong help me
2: obi-wan kenobi you're my
3: only hope this station is now the ultimate power in the universe i find your lack of faith disturbing it's against my programming to impersonate a
1: dad that's not how the force works force is with me and i am with the force and i fear nothing remember the force will be with you always
0: Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, aka Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. First of all, please be sure to share the podcast uh, on your favorite social media platform and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing because this also helps us to get our show seen by more people who would be interested in listening to our show. So please, please share the show and share the the love of Star Wars and and our faith. Today we are going to be continuing our series of character-devoted episodes, and tonight we are taking a deeper look at The Chosen One Himself. Anakin Skywalker and his dark side future self, Darth Vader. Joining me tonight on the panel are Andrew Hermes. Hey, Father, how's it going? It's going well. Second this evening is Angela Cialana.
1: Hey, so you had to open up the show with that can of worms and the chosen <laughs> one. <laughs> Hello, I didn't everyone. I didn't
0: mention his midi chlorine count though. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Sorry. Um and third and finally this evening is Mike Creevy. Hey Mike. What is thy bidding, my show host? <laughs> <laughs> so, that sounds a little weird. Uh, it's all it's all good.
1: Just slightly. <laughs>
0: So we are going to be talking about Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader this evening and to just give our listeners an overview of the character, which I'm sure if you are a Star Wars fan at all, of course, you already know who this character is. But for those who would like a a very brief overview, this is uh, Anakin Skywalker. So Anakin Skywalker was born on Tatooine as a virgins in the Force, so a a nexus of the Force, essentially, um, and is the prophesied chosen one who would bring balance to the Force. He is the focal point in the prequel trilogy as he is rescued from slavery by Qui-Gon Jinn through a wager and a pod race. He successfully helps uh, Padme and the people of Naboo repel the Trade Federation off the planet. He's taught the ways of the Jedi as the Padawan of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He falls in love and secretly marries Padme Amidala as the Clone Wars begins, and he fights in the Clone Wars and even trains his own apprentice, apprentice Ahsoka Tano, during this time. At the conclusion of the Clone Wars, he is seduced by the dark side of the Force in his desire to prevent his wife, Padme, from dying and joins Darth Sidious, Supreme Chancellor or Emperor Palpatine, refer to episode 66 if you'd like to hear more about him. Um, He joins him as his new apprentice, Darth Vader. As Vader, he enforced the rule of the Empire throughout the galaxy during the time of the original trilogy and attempts to convert young Luke Skywalker to the dark side. Um, But ultimately, Luke, his son, redeems him by not killing him in anger and reawakens that part of Vader that is still good. Vader then saves Luke by throwing the Emperor Palpatine down a reactor shaft, shaft, but in the process is mortally wounded and dies, fulfilling his destiny as the chosen one. So he is uh, a hero. He is a villain. He is a interesting and complex character. Yes. So what makes him a good character? I'm not going to say what makes him a good hero or villain, but what makes him a good character is the question that uh, we throw out first this evening. It's a loaded question.
1: I was I was ready I was ready to answer a different question I was ready to answer (laughs) what makes him a good villain I was like okay I've got (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: what makes him a good villain or, or
2: character? Well, well, to answer the character question, I think he's one of the few, maybe the only example of a character that's been a villain of a trilogy and has been the protagonist of another trilogy, basically you know, in the mm-hmm. prequels, you know, until the very last act of the, the third film. Um, so, that I mean, that just makes him unique. I mean, we have so much w- with with the prequels and the animated series, along with the original trilogy. I mean, after the original trilogy, I mean, he was just obviously a villain. And and he, he was amazing because with very little screen time and an expressionless, you know, helmet <laughs> uh, and an iconic voice, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, He was able to... Uh, become one of the most iconic villains of all time. Uh, But then learning more about his his character through the the lore of Star Wars, we have all this backstory and all this, you know, everything that led up to it. And then, you know, no matter what your feelings are on the prequels, you can, and and whether or not you've watched the animated series or not, I mean, there's so much out there on him. Uh, And he's such a fleshed out character. Uh, that you're hard pressed to find any character in, in pop culture that's uh, that has just so much material behind him, uh, and and uh, that's really, I mean, really, this. Someone argue the story is still being written on him, but I think after you know this the the sequel trilogy and and after Rogue One, you know, it's it's a good capstone, you know, for <laughs> for for, for uh, such yeah. a such a character. I mean, what what a amazing amazing uh ip for for disney to have you know that character and for star wars to have had for all those years lucasfilm um so it's a, a really uh, we could go on and on about it and we will throughout this podcast but i mean it, it, it'll be hard to find a character like him
1: you know i have to say that i'm maybe i'm one of those people that's different from everybody else who is like a super nerded out star wars fan i don't know you tell me but i I really didn't, I really wasn't interested in Anakin, except for the animated series. Mm-hmm. Um, the Clone Wars really, for me, made me more interested in and empathetic towards Anakin. Because I saw the prequels when I was pretty young. Um, and, you know, I I was, of course, interested in Darth Vader because he's this really mysterious you know, figure in my favorite Star Wars movies. Um, But as far as, you know, I think if I had started with the prequels and then watched them in numerical order, the movies, I don't know if I would have been so invested in Anakin, really. One of the things that um, I appreciate about the animated series is that I get to spend more time with Anakin and I get to understand what just makes him a person like, you know, really somebody that I can relate to more and I can see myself interacting with just as a human being. So, you know, that for me, that's what is interesting uh, for me in terms of the content that's around Anakin, even though there's so much that, you know, you can pull from.
3: Yeah, I was just thinking um, to totally steal, um, well, borrow maybe is a better word from, um, a theme that uh philosophy of religion um guru guru is a wrong word too, a Peter Crave you know from Boston College, a lot of our listeners will know of um he has a great theme he kind of follows and he he's approaching it more from the standpoint of how it shows up in c s lewis uh really in lewis's own life but also in in a lot of his works but the the phrase popped in my head as soon as father asked this question it was that uh this character is simultaneously completely faded and free the whole way through the story, you know, faded and free faded in that. It's just, there's like this destiny where, I mean, when you look at it, it's like everything that happens is like meant to happen. It's like, almost like it's completely out of his control. Like he's just, he's always going to be Darth Vader. Um, and then he's always gonna be redeemed. And, and you know that it's all part of a clear, bigger picture that's way beyond anybody's reach but that everything he does is his own free choice you know every like he every single dom like he didn't have to do that he didn't have to do that he didn't have to do that. you know like every single choice he makes just like all of us um and so and that's i think the the key point that really comes to my mind is that's true for every one of us you know not that anybody's destined to do evil and, and none of us is ever supposed to do evil and we can avoid it with god's grace but that he's already included into his redemptive plan the worst of anything you could possibly ever do, you know. Um, and so that's just, I, I think when you see that in a story and you—and it's just right, and that's hard to do, you know. Like, it's, it's, it's hard to write that, I'm sure. And it doesn't always work, you know. Even in Star Wars, there's some characters where it's like, well, you know, yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> even if you love it. But, um, yeah, that's for him. I think he just, for, for me, he's the one who may be most... Sort of embodies that that very human reality. Yeah, I uh, my my answer to
0: the question is is I think his humanity makes him uh, a good character. I I could I could echo just about everything that you guys have or have been saying. I I grew up actually with the prequels, and I was interested less in Anakin Skywalker in the prequels, except for the lightsaber battles, and I was interested more and in, more in the other people. And if you watch the prequels. Again, especially as I'm now, you know, quite a bit older than when I first saw them in theaters. Yeah, it's they're they're rough, you know, so I I think the, the key is you you should watch if you want if you want to know Anakin on a on a deeper level, you should watch the the movies but also the clone wars animated series because i think that's that's exactly where his character his humanity is fleshed out in a little bit uh better way in his defense though uh at least in in attack of the clones he is 19 <laughs>
1: <laughs> so
0: not to say that, that that's a you know an excuse but i can i can at least sort of look beyond some of the rough dialogue there but yeah he he is a character who ultimately he wants to do the right thing but he often does the wrong thing in pursuit of what is the right thing so of course his his key downfall in revenge of the sith is he he just wants to save padme's life which is a which is a noble cause it's a good thing but he chooses the the evil means to try to accomplish that and then of course inadvertently uh kills her in the process And one of the things that I was I found when I was kind of doing some research online, too, is uh, a correlation to the Greek tragic hero trope, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: which was a really interesting thing for me to kind of sit with. And basically, um, this is according to, to Aristotle, a tragic hero can be defined as, quote, a great man who is neither a paragon of virtue and justice nor undergoes the change to misfortune because of any real badness or wickedness, but because of some mistake, unquote. And so to kind of look at Anakin as the embodiment of the Greek tragic hero, like he he's a great man, but he's not necessarily the paragon of virtue or justice. Um, I think we might sort of say that Obi-Wan would maybe be more in line with that or Yoda, but He does undergo a change, but not because of of like inherent evil within himself, as opposed to, say, maybe Palpatine, if we wanted to kind of go down that road, but because of some mistake and his mistake is choosing the evil means in pursuit of a good and inadvertently causes all this, you know, the bad things to happen. And he goes off and I mean, he kills all the younglings in the Jedi temple in pursuit of saving Padme and thinking that he has to do this in order to save her. And it's those choices, not, I mean, so yes, yeah, kind of the faded and free sort of thing. It's those choices that he makes that, that sends him into the dark side. And then he has to live with those consequences, the death of, of Padme, um, the, uh, mutilation that he experiences on Mustafar and then has to live with, with the, the respite, respite, respirator and the mask and the the suit you know as a as a consequence of his choices but then also he's still human and then at the end of return of the jedi you know is able to reconnect with that and be redeemed which i think is 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 crucial in the the human story and the the relatability and um it's yeah a, a complex character but a but a really really good character and Shows us what happens to someone who does the wrong things for the right or does wrong for the right, right reasons. Is that how I want to say that?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I agree with you on, uh, you know, many levels on that particular point. But also, you know, we see Anakin is arrogant Mm -hmm. um, and he is uh, he's accused of being that (laughs) a few times. And he's very determined but he's also that comes off in uh, being headstrong and arrogant and you know he has this desire to control you know and i think that's that is a very human um you know quality or situation that we can find ourselves in when we 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 want to have control over things um that are not pleasing to us um but you know he yeah so he isn't this perfect person he isn't simply you know he isn't simply killing the younglings i don't think just because he thinks that's his only option i i do think there's just a lot of pent up anger and frustration and loss and trauma like inside of him that is never resolved partially at the fault of just the jedi you know, training methods and mm-hmm. um, the philosophies that they have. But also, you know, just I think that's just part of his character. That's just part of his personality. He really holds on to those things. Um, and, you know, we talk about attachments a lot when we talk about Anakin. And one positive quality about him is that he really loves... People, you know, the people that are close to him, he really, really defends fiercely. The uh, droids that he loves are, you know, he will do anything for them. You know, we see that throughout the movies as well as the animated series. Uh, But, you know, that really gets turned on its head when it comes to having to learn to accept certain things that happen in life that you don't have control over, he just can't come to learn that lesson. And ultimately that's what is his downfall. Right. So I think, yeah, that he is, he is very much what you're describing the, the Greek tragic hero. Um, And, but I, you know, at first when I was reflecting on Anakin, I was like, oh, well he was just kind of caught, you know, ran ran out of options. Right. And I think we talked about that on the last episode with Palpatine that uh, he, you know, he felt like he didn't have any other options. So he just had to make a deal with the devil, you know, but um, I think part of it was also just the fact that he didn't, he didn't develop himself in virtue, you know, Um, and when you do that, then you're able to resist temptation.
0: Yeah, I uh, one of the the key points, if you've watched the the Disney Gallery of the Mandalorian, uh, episode two from the first season, I think is crucially important here, too, because Dave Filoni is a brilliant, brilliant man who is able to kind of tell the, the entire six movie Skywalker saga in just a few minutes and Anakin's story. And one of the the key points that he makes there is that he's talking about the the duel of the fates with uh, the battle between Darth Maul and Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. And he talks about the duel of the fates as the duel of the fates is actually the they're fighting for the fate of Anakin. And Filoni makes the point that Qui-Gon is the father that Anakin needs and that Qui-Gon recognizes that the Jedi are meant to to care and to love and that's not a bad thing and even Qui-Gon recognizes that the Jedi at that time are too detached and too political and they've lost their way. And so that battle is really about the battle of of for Anakin and so Qui-Gon is fighting for that. And when Qui-Gon dies, then Anakin is left with Obi-Wan who initially looks at Anakin with sort of you know who's this random <laughs> tag-along character up another pathetic life form. Right, right, right. <laughs> rather than rather than a father figure. So um Obi-Wan of course becomes his brother, but he never was a father figure for for Anakin. And that I think is just super important because Anakin, I mean he he had his mother he was attached to his mother and then he loses um, or I mean, he's taken away from Tatooine. So he has to say goodbye to his mother. But then he also loses the the brief father figure that he had and then doesn't have a father to help him learn how to be to be a to be a good man, to grow in virtue, to to do all those sorts of things. He's he learns the Jedi way, but he needed he needed a father.
1: I think that's what Palpatine kind of sets himself up to be for Anakin, mm-hmm. and um, you know, a vacuum. It, there, it demanded that there be a father figure in his life, and he he found that, but it just wasn't the right choice.
0: <laughs> right. Well, and even you you see that in episode one. Even at the end of of episode one, Palpatine is already like, "We're we're going to look at you with your career and your future with great interest," and so he's already. Kind of trying to be that father figure mm. manipulator.
3: Um, not an authentic father, father figure, but there's that line to is it in episode two or three where he's he's really schmoozing, and he's like, I need your help, son. <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah. oh like calling him that. And that's, you know, I mean I mean yeah. sometimes I say that to my students, which just because 'cause I'm getting old, I guess, and it's just natural. <laughs> but but not in a manipulative Dark Lord of the Sith sort of way. <laughs> yeah, that's I hope not. different. Yeah, no, it's different. Yeah and and
2: a theory that I've I've seen, you know, many times uh that's been said about Star Wars and and his character is that you know after Qui-Gon dies obviously his destiny was or his fate was you know chosen to, to go towards the dark side and and become Darth Vader but there's like a theory that that had to be part of the plan because part of bal- bringing balance to the Force was wiping out the Jedi, you know, most of them uh you mm-hmm. know because the Jedi at the time, again, they didn't know what to do with him. Qui-Gon was the only person that knew what to do with him. Once he was out of the picture, the only way that it could have, you know, it had to have in the way it happened, he had to wipe out almost all the Jedi and then ultimately kills Palpatine to, to truly bring balance for 30 some odd years. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, that, that's, that, that, I mean, it's an interesting way to look at it. I mean, because it, it brings a new perspective to you know, order 66 and, and to his character. And it's, it's kind of like, you know, it, it makes it even more tragic. It's like, he, he, he had to be, you know, this sort of villain to ultimately bring the greater good in the end. So I just thought that was uh, that just reminded me of an interesting thing that I've, I've always, I don't know if I, I, I completely agree with that, but, but you have to wonder is like after, if you think about the Jedi, you know, they were full of hubris and just all they cared about was, you know, having meetings and councils and, uh, you know, Yoda and Mace Windu just, like, <laughs> telling other Jedi, hey, go off and do this and that. Uh, how long could have that lasted without it maybe, you know,
0: being t- really, really bad for them in the long run? You raised some some really interesting points because the Jedi definitely had lost their way by that point. They were They were definitely, I mean... Um, way too political and detached in a bad sense, like, you know, devoid of emotion and, you know, and, and that's not, that's not healthy at all either, you know, and even in participating in the clone wars, you know, they, they were, I mean, I don't know, you could, you could argue either way, whether that was for the benefit of the galaxy or if they were, you know, participating in killing the separatists, you know, that's, that's not really a good thing either you know and and you you raise an interesting um ethical philosophy there too is is um you know do the ends justify the means and you know not that not that vader or anakin would have been thinking you know i have to do this in order to bring about the greater good you know but that's that's kind right, of the yeah. the idea there's like you know uh burning the entire forest to let the new forest grow even though, from a from a Catholic point of view, that's that's never good. You never do evil in order for for good to come of it. Uh, but it but it's an interesting way to to look at the Anakin Vader story arc for sure.
1: Well, even um, so, this is like just a slight spoiler for a few seconds here. Uh, if you haven't seen the animated series, but in the Clone Wars, there's this really famous three uh, episode arc called the Mortis Arc or the Mortis Trilogy. And in that trilogy, essentially it is told to Anakin, you are the chosen one. And it's sort of like proven by a test that he's the chosen one. And there's, I think like once each episode, even like they kind of reinforce that, that concept. And in the last one, he is sort of, he's shown hit what he will do in the future. And um, what his destiny is, right? And, and he's told, well, you don't, you don't necessarily have to do that. It's your choice. Um, His memory is erased at the end of that episode of actually having seen what, you know, comes in his future, but ultimately, it comes to pass. So yeah, I, I do wonder what was up with that, (laughs) you know, when they were writing that, um, was that, you know, was that their theory, you know, that that it had to happen. Um, But ultimately, you know, I I do think that they, um, the writers of the various Star Wars content do emphasize the free will aspect. Um, And, you know, it, it is very much clear that Anakin did have a choice right he did have a choice first of all to marry Padme or not marry Padme which come on y'all like where was that gonna go <laughs> how was that gonna be good for either a of a secret marriage
0: so so good to do not no don't do that just
1: constantly lie to everyone you know about (laughs) your living situation um yeah so you know that was one thing but then you know having children and that marriage and having to hide them and just all you know the whole it, it was his choice ultimately you know he I think it is the tragedy of not having a father it is the tragedy of not having a good father figure in his life a good mentor and ultimately what are the what are the wiles you know that are out there that, that tempt us um to uh to do what we want to do um i think ultimately that's the whole point of star wars right you know like it's constantly emphasized over and over again in many different scenarios
0: as you were talking um i couldn't help but think of i mean just like that, that's kind of in the same way of we talk about divine providence that, I mean, God doesn't do evil or he doesn't want evil, but he allows it and then he brings good forth from it. Um, and so as you were talking about how maybe Vader had to do these things, um, all I could think about was the exult at, um, at the Easter Vigil, you know, where we talk about the, the fall of Adam and Eve. Um, who were free in their choice but in the exalted, that easter proclamation um i'm going to read just uh, a couple lines from it because it really just struck out for me um the the priest or the deacon will will chant this and say um, o truly necessary sin of adam destroyed completely by the death of christ o happy fault that earned so great so glorious a redeemer and so we we recognize too that that in god's providence he allowed adam and eve to fall but because of of that he had already in place the plan for the redeemer Jesus to come and and, and to save us uh, from, from our sins. So I'm not, I'm not comparing. Uh, uh, There's a comparison. Well, they're, they're, yeah. I mean, I, 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 Anakin's not the Jesus figure here, I guess, but he would be the, the, the Adam figure who, you right. know, creates the, the fault, you know, but, but it does allow for good to be drawn from it ultimately later on, which is, which is, Definitely, what happens at the end of Return of the
3: Jedi? Can you imagine if they re if they retitled Episode Three "Felix Culpa"? (laughs) They have people like, "Who's that guy?" Like, "No, no, that's (laughs) that's a deep cut." Yeah, it's (laughs) Revenge of the Sith. Like, "Oh, okay." That's yeah. That's that's right on. Well, yeah, that's
2: the hardest question, you know, basically in theology and philosophy to answer is how do we have free will, but at the same Mm. time, how does God, you know? know what's going to happen or,
3: mm-hmm. or we can go on and <laughs> we can go around in circles on that one well it's funny as you see it though you know you see like you like when you watch movies or read good books like you it's like we know it's there you know it's it's yeah. when it's happening to you <laughs> I think <laughs> exactly, <But yeah>. it's <laughs> like no it's not it's like well yeah it's a, yeah that's faith I guess mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well and that's
0: that's why we love stories so much and that's why we we love Star Wars so much is is it deals with these kind of deep issues you know, we're sort of talking about the, the problem of evil of why, why do bad things happen to good people? Or why do you, you know, why do people choose to do evil? Or, you know, all of those sorts of questions, we, we throw all of those deep questions, identity, uh, free will, uh, divine providence, all of those things, and we throw them into a sandbox. And then we label them as Anakin Skywalker and uh, Darth Vader and all the Star Wars characters. And we, we play it out, because we're trying to understand our own lives and and how god is relating to us and and where do i fit in with with you know is it really better to do something bad hoping that and thinking that it good is going to come from it or you know is that really a bad idea and so when we see these things play out in star wars they help us just to understand our own lives better and morality better and virtue better and suffering and, and i mean all the important questions that's that's what this that's what star wars is all about on a on a fundamental level and really any any good story for sure
1: i have I have a legitimate question about anakin so we've talked about why he wanted to be a sith but um it's been a while since i've watched episode one like maybe a few months <laughs> um, but why did he want to be a jedi was it just because uh, somebody told him, hey, you've got these powers and there's this way of living that, you know, there's these people that know what to do with those powers or like, what, why did you he know, want to be? That's, it's interesting you ask that because I was just
3: thinking about that a, a, a while back. Um, and I, I'm, this isn't so much an answer is more like a bullet point under that question because he says you know the famous like i saw your laser sword only a jedi has a weapon like that you know like thanks george you just you got to get that in there you know (laughs) um and of course as we all know it wasn't done it's it's shown up many other times but um yeah he he knows about the jedi like he thinks they're cool (laughs) but but then the next time it comes up is is like when the offer's been extended and he's like i want to do it you know it's what i've always dreamed of and you're like okay (laughs) Yeah. So, I, yeah, that's a good question, because I, I, maybe I'm missing something, but that I, I do seem to remember there's a little bit of a like, why wouldn't he want to do it kind of thing? But it, it does kind of pop out of nowhere. Exactly. There's not a whole lot of like, I dreamed about this until he actually just says it. I think a lot of it may be more subtext. So he's a he's a slave.
0: Okay. Right. And he makes yeah. he makes comments about wanting to come back and free all the slaves. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think he has this desire to. Um, of liberation for himself and for his friends, and but ultimately for all people. So maybe he's he has these desires to do good on a big scale, but then I also think he just he has a desire for adventure. At one point, he makes the comment to Qui Gon that he wants to be the first one to see them all, all the right. stars and all the planets. You know, so mm. maybe it's a combination of the two. And if he's a Jedi, he would have that opportunity to go on this adventure. Um. So you know. So maybe. Not completely altruistic in his thoughts, but somewhat altruistic.
3: <laughs> By the way, to to um, well, no, sorry, I, I, I I'm tempted to turn this. I don't know if we want to turn this into a Q and A with with father or just keep putting him on the spot. But I, but no, it does relate a little what you just said. Um, and I'm, this might be a topic for another time. But I'm just curious because I know it's been mentioned before in a previous show about the cool stuff coming up in some of these some of the novels and some of the other literature um, about the the Chiss having force sensitive kids who are basically their navigators who utilize the force to navigate their ships because of the chaos and they're called Skywalkers Is, is there I'm sorry if we've already brought this up but now I'm just wondering like with his interest in, you know, adventure and, and of course, like his, his flying capability, I just don't know. Like, is there, do you know if there's any plan or do you suspect there's any plan to actually make that connection or some kind of, because, like, why is he named that? You know, he's, oh, like, his mom's last name is Skywalker, you know what I mean? Because he right. doesn't have a human, he doesn't have a father, so why is she called Skywalker? I, I don't know, it's just, you I don't know. know. I've, I've it wondered... seems like something, you wouldn't just leave that open or i mean you didn't have to call the chiss kids skywalkers there has to be a reason they're doing that i've wondered that too i've i've sort of chalked
0: it up to just coincidence because the chiss are are out in the unknown regions so i right it'd be hard to 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 see how that would connect with shmee's ancestors and she's she's not chiss you know yeah right um however there is still two more books coming in the chiss ascendancy trilogy so right. the second one is coming this spring sometime. And I mean, knowing, knowing Timothy's on and his writing, he could, he could have planted that name in an earlier book with the intention of kind of the, the hook line and, and getting the opportunity to flesh that out in a, in another story down the road. Cause that's that's how writers get sequels is they'll plant something mm-hmm. that they won't pay off in the one book but then they'll get to write it out in the next book. So I really wouldn't be surprised at all if there is a connection. Um right now I'm sort of there there's a strong correlation I guess in, in maybe um Anakin's desire to travel and and pilot. Yeah. With a, there's with a possibility of the there, Chiss, but
1: like you know how in our real world history, there's so many instances of slaves like uh slaveholders having relationships with slaves. So I don't know if there's any like remote, maybe like um, you know, rem very remote <laughs> heritage, you know, of um how long has Shmi's family been enslaved? Or, you know, like
0: mm-hmm. Or they, you know, they their ancestors could have encountered the Skywalkers and uh, or maybe an orphan right. encountered the Skywalkers and, and yeah, like the name. Or I mean, there the can be, or they're like Ray and, and are denouncing their Palpatine ancestry and taking on that name from, mm. for some connection. So I guess it's at this point, it's sort of cool. a stay tuned sort of thing. Um, but I think, I think mm. you're right that there wouldn't be, you wouldn't have just Skywalkers without it having some connection to the big skywalkers of the of the whole story.
3: But well and the idea that, you know, that kind of imagery, like the the word itself makes sense then, like in their context, like the Skywalker, the one who's, you know, navigating. It like why would you like that famous name, like the most Mm -hmm. famous name in all of Star Wars, that now you like, it doesn't make sense to have it primarily make the most sense in a context that was just introduced randomly, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was just a just a thought. Originally, of course. Now that being said, originally his last name was supposed to be Star Killer, but that's a whole other <laughs> Star Killer base. That's <laughs> stupid, you know? A... Oh, right. Well, that Lego special keeps coming up. <laughs> the gift there that was keeps some on great giving. The, the great Vader <laughs> content in that. So... Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> the poor neglected Vader. Yeah. Palpatine, who was supposed to be his father figure, just. Anyways, yeah, that's um, that's, good. that's <laughs> good. We have a whole podcast on that. That's we did right, that's right. <laughs> that's... Go back and listen to our Christmas special. Oh my! Um, I guess let's let's talk about Vader for just a little bit. I know we we talk uh, quite a bit about just Anakin, and and of course that's. Uh, we we have to because that's that's how vader is born uh but but what do do you think of vader as a villain and i mean um of course it's um perhaps he, he you view or perhaps people would view him differently when they first saw him in 1977 versus then seeing the prequels and knowing the backstory but he is definitely one of the iconic villains of all time so uh he succeeds in that and and what do you guys think he did good? Um, how well was he a villain? I guess maybe is the better question. I think he's as good as you could be. I mean, he had the whole package. I mean, it, it, you talk about Vader
2: as as a villain, you know, you had obviously the costume, uh, the helmet. You know, I wasn't alive when Star Wars first came out at the time, but it's a costume that has, that you know, stood the test of time. And I can only imagine the initial impact of seeing it in the theater in 1977, because it still lands quite of impact now. I mean, now is such a part of pop culture that you know it's 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 a symbol. I mean, you see a Darth Vader helmet, you know what that represents. So factor that in with. uh you know, James Earl Jones's voice. Again, I mean, the voice of CNN and the voice of Darth Vader and the voice of Simba's father, uh, Mufasa. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> but yeah, before he was, you know, those things, he was, he was Darth Vader. And obviously, the imposing uh, stature of... Uh, I'm forgetting his name. He Dave recently Brown. passed. Dave Prowse. Yeah, and the Imperial March. I mean, the the soundtrack, everything. I mean, every. I mean, it's 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 really all you could ask for <laughs> for an entrance, because for someone again, for someone where we cannot see his face, he's expressionless, he's monotone. We don't know what he's thinking. All those have to like really be on point for it to work, <laughs> or, it could, or it could be a complete disaster. And, and again, I mean, if you if you if you look back in history, originally I think they used they used someone else's voice, or or
3: they used um... they had they had Dave Prowse do all the lines. You can see it on YouTube, which is pretty <laughs> right. Funny. Yeah, he, yeah, he was doing the lines himself. That's, right. And he That's didn't, right. He didn't know that they were gonna edit in James Earl. And James Earl Jones has been very gracious over the years, and he's been very he's always said that you know his attitude is always that he James Earl Jones was a special effect. You know, and, and he yeah. always described. He said, you know, Darth Vader is Dave Prowse. You know, and, yeah. and has been very gracious about that. So yeah,
2: again, I mean, could you imagine if
3: the you know if the voice was like <laughs>
2: someone else's or didn't work or more high pitched or or more like corny? Because it's really not a typical you know villain voice. Other than he has a really deep voice. You know, it's not that menacing. It's not like he's. he doesn't have Palpatine's voice. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not as.
1: It's not like a cackle or
2: right. You know, yeah. like exactly um, and 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 really until Rogue one we don't see him really at his full strength as far as like what he could do uh, yeah with like 10 minutes of screen time in the, in the first film I think to show up like that and to just have like these very broad strokes of who who he is with very I mean really what what was his motivation like just power, wanting more power. And not until the end of the second film do we find out he's Luke's father, <laughs> you know, and, and we get a little bit more of what his connection is to our, our protagonist. Yeah, to, to have that sort of impact uh, in, in such a short amount of screen time. I mean, you think of like the other really iconic villains in film like like the Joker in the Dark Knight. I mean, he really, that's a two hour and a half movie. He's in it for like, I think 20 minutes. Um, but his presence is felt throughout the whole film so um, uh, you, you think you think of uh, characters like that where again we we didn't we barely knew anything about him and that's part of what made him so menacing and it was that mystery and then with all the stuff all the adding when all the Anakin stuff came years later with you know with everything we just talked about that just added to it but the villain aspect of him I think you put all those pieces together it was it was just a match made in, in
3: heaven or, or hell I guess <laughs> I, I would just want to echo the the when you said about the stature, because I was I was checking this before you right before you said that, because I was thinking, you know, he so he was he was uh, and he just he passed away what in the last year or so, I think, Dave Prowse. Mm-hmm. And he was Very recently, uh, yeah. six foot six and six foot six. You know, that's I, I would assume probably without the the suit on, too, which probably adds a little bit. So this imposing just figure and and andrew i'm sure you know the name of the, for the technique but the technique when you know where you kind of film up to give the appearance of even greater stature which they yeah. did by the way brilliantly with for example like tom hardy's only like i think tom hardy's like three or four inches shorter than christian bale but yeah, he, he looks really so short, yeah. big as dark knight yeah. like he looks so big and scary and uh so to do that with vader who's already like you don't need to do that
1: Ironically, it's called the hero angle, isn't it? Oh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, so. but that, that well, just, is actually <laughs> that, you know, that you you
3: create this this added level of, you know, and knowing that you have such an, an audience of, of kids, you know, but it's not it's not an inappropriate. It's not like you're going to have nightmares about Darth Vader, you know, you have nightmares about Freddy Krueger, but not like Darth Vader somehow, because somehow there's a little bit of humor peppered in with it. You know, there's this cold kind of, you know, like Andrew said, too, like as much as we love that Rogue One scene, I think we I think what made it great was 40 years of not having it uh, and just imagining it. And then you're like, okay, yeah, that's it. You know, because in the first movie, it's like, you know, you see him in the hallway chokes a dude and throws him but that's just physical choking which is scary enough because he okay he's really strong okay and then because at that point you don't know anything about the mysticism and the force and all that obi-wan talks to luke about the force but you're like okay and then obi-wan like you don't need to see his identification You're like oh cool it's like it's kind of like magic you know like you know so like the force like if you really just go back and watch a New hope it's like the force is like this slow kind of thing and then the first time you see vader use it it's just the very like just strolling over and just totally force choking Mahdi, you know, which is yeah. like and it's and what I, it's so brilliant because it really is like you have no idea what he's capable of. And that when you first see that every time I see that scene, that's one of my favorite scenes. And of course, and he's, I put down quotable. He's so quotable, you know, all these decades, you know, and he'll never stop being quoted. But that, you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing, you know, like what a brilliant thing, you know. And then just, you know, Tarkin kind of like, you know, knocked us off. OK, you know, and and just never showing his full hand, never showing his full power. And then what's interesting is when you get to the prequels and, and, and all you see the emotionalism and all that, which, you know, I sometimes make fun of the way it was portrayed. But I think it adds to it, In in my opinion, it adds to the original trilogy because you see what he's controlling, you know, and he finally, you know, he's controlling it, right? Like Luke is always... With Yoda, like, that struggle, you know, you gotta learn how to control it. And then you see that Vader, as evil as he is, he is controlling it. He's controlling it for stuff he shouldn't be using it for, but he's just so cold and calculating and just... People start running their mouth off and he just steps up and they're like, you know, like Krennic (laughs) with him in Rogue One. Like, that, you know, Krennic's like, blah, 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 I can't talk to you like that. (laughs) You know, like, just... (laughs) Or, or like uh, you know, Vader with um, um I'll stop after this because it's you know. But Vader with um Lando, you know. Perhaps mm-hmm. you feel you're treat- being treated unfairly. You're like uh, no, no, you know, <laughs> just you know, like that that mean teacher that you just didn't want to mess with. Not that they would choke, force choke, you. I'm just saying that 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 menacing kind of like someone's really using that that power they've got that that um, presence, you know, whatever you want to call it. So those are some of the notes I had. So I have to laugh because you were talking about how um,
0: Darth Vader isn't he's not he's not necessarily going to cause kids to have nightmares about him. If you go on YouTube and look for um, Star Wars as told by a three year old, um, (laughs) it is the most adorable (laughs) video ever. And like <laughs> this little girl is like she she's so she's just fantastic and and at one point she just kind of goes like all matter of factly she's like and don't talk back to Darth Vader because he'll get you
2: <laughs> and like
0: it's <laughs> the most adorable thing ever and side note to that that little girl is a parishioner at one of the parishes here in Wyoming and I've got to meet her and <laughs> oh, she no. she's oh, probably a teenager by now but. Um, <laughs> I felt really, really silly because I was a deacon at the time and I totally told her I was fanboying because I got to meet this YouTube sensation. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, but the way she talked about Darth Vader was just priceless. So go uh, look that up on YouTube. She's absolutely adorable. So she's not scared of Darth Vader.
1: Uh, One of the things that Mike brought up was like humor kind of peppered here and there. And, you know, this isn't maybe more of a and a Darth Vader thing but definitely an Anakin thing is his his sense of humor. I think he gets that from Obi-Wan. You mm-hmm. know, like some of my favorite scenes are just, you know, them in the elevator, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yes. whatever you call it in Star Wars. But um yeah, I mean just having a character who is so like his wit is so biting and um he's very sarcastic just like Obi-Wan and um very brash, you know. Um the clone troopers always talk about, you know, how memorable their um adventures were with um what I guess how did the General Skywalker. So um yeah, I just that's one of my favorite things about Anakin is his his sense of humor and just how um his arrogance can be very humorous.
3: <laughs> Do you guys still cringe by the way every time at the beginning of um Episode two in the walking in the bar and Obi-Wan just says, why do I feel like you're going to be the death of me? I'm like, that's, that's a little, that's a little cold. (laughs) Like like every time I see it, I'm like, that's too much. Come on. Uh, Um, Spoiler alert for those of you who don't know, because he kills him. No, yeah, (laughs)
1: yeah,
3: I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I don't think we lost anybody on that one.
0: (laughs) No. No. Uh, we've sort of uh, transitioned, which is great, to kind of our favorite qualities. So, uh, so thanks, Angela, for keeping us on track. Uh, <laughs> I, I will say that that my favorite quality of of, and I'm going to say Anakin because I'm going back to to pre Vader, but I I really appreciate yeah his um it really his piloting skills. I my favorite moment mm-hmm. is is the pod race. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, like that was as a kid one of the coolest sequences in all of Star Wars. Yep. You know, so so to see him as a pilot then, and of course that just then is reinforced by how he's as a Jedi and his pilot piloting skills as a Jedi. Or you know, in Episode Two, and he when he like jumps out the window and attaches to that assassin droid, and then like is in a car, or a speeder car, chasing you know the Zamazel across the. Coruscant skyline and um, just yeah, so uh, there he did have a lot of fun. I think in uh, the 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 prequel era for sure. What about the rest of you guys? What are your favorite uh, qualities and moments of Anakin?
1: Well, one of my favorite qualities um, also is his belief in the Force. Like, not just what he can do uh, with the Force, but also like he really does believe in it. He really, um, I mean, obviously he, he believes that possibly, you know, it can bring Padme back from the dead or keep her from dying. And, and, uh, you know, of course the line that you, you brought up, Mike, um, I find your lack of faith disturbing, but just, you know, he's sort of like the ultimate believer in a way. And I think, um, that sort of factors into maybe his, I really I think one of my favorite things about my favorite Star Wars movie um, six is that throughout that movie, you see him sensing Luke's presence and sensing what is going on with Luke and sort of like just really sensing things in the force and um, and people sort of being like, okay, whatever or that's weird or just leave him alone or questioning it. And he still pursues it. And I really like that about him, that no matter, you know, how twisted his mind has gotten in a certain way, you know, his heart and his mind, at the same time, he still has that really strong belief in the Force. So I like that.
3: By the way, I just want <laughs> that scene when you said about sensing. And I, I feel like I've connected with Andrew on this a couple of times. But again, and we... I never recommend it because it's, it's, it's not exactly family-friendly, funny enough, but the family guy, Star Wars, which is creative, well, I'll just put it, but I love what, like, how they whiff they on it when he's just like, uh, when Han says to Chewie, you know, I don't know, fly casual, and then the, the shuttle rears up and puts its hands in its pockets and it's just walking very casually. And then v- Vader's looking at the sh- he goes, where is that casual-looking shuttle going? <laughs> um, I was, the only thing I was going to add was... um. I, so when I was in the army, I was a master resilience trainer, which which was basically um, they were getting each unit to try to have a certain amount of people trained in, in uh, different um, different sort of training blocks in positive psychology based kind of instruction to help with everything from PTSD to everything else. The, the idea of trying to have it as close to home, it's like a subsidiarity type thing for you Catholic listeners and know what that means, trying to um, you know, address solutions or address situations at the lowest level or the closest level to the problem. You know, the home, the family, that kind of stuff. So in that army situation to to try to have in in unit training for people struggling with stress and all that kind of stuff. And the reason I bring that up is resilience. You know, it was was right in the title there. And we would always teach from the get go that the resilient person is not the person who never falls, but they're like a tennis ball, the person who bounces back. And with that serious introduction, I say something less serious now. He is resilient with pursuing Padme because some of the stuff he says (laughs) I mean, look, it, it it gave so much hope to someone like me. It was kind of a hopeless romantic um, because like to see to see this guy say to this beautiful girl, I don't like sand. It's coarse and irritating. He gets everywhere, you know, and he keeps coming back, you know, are you it's an like, angel? Because no, <laughs> I know it's like, you know, no, it's because I'm so in love with you. I'm like, dude, don't don't. Oh, my gosh. But that was actually after they were married already. So it gave me hope. It gave me hope. And uh, that hope prevailed, thankfully. So um, you know, resilience, Anakin. Absolutely. Andrew, what about you?
2: Any favorite qualities or moments? There's obviously his redemption the Return of the Jedi and, you know, everything that led up to it. And then, again, factoring in the whole storyline, you know, after watching the animated series and, and, uh, and the prequels, for better or worse. I mean, it just gives it so much more weight. And, you know, ultimately, when when he battles obi-wan i mean that that scene still gives me chills especially when obi-wan you know yells out you were the chosen one the the tragedy of of anakin that's that was like the moment when i when i think of that character i always always go back to that scene and that line specifically and yeah i mean Lu, i mean george lucas really uh uh push that pg-13 rating with <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty graphic i mean he they went yeah they went pretty far <laughs> with with that i was i was i was surprised especially watching it as i got older i'm like man how did they get away with this <laughs> the first two films were so like very kid-friendly and then but yeah that, i guess that uh th- those two always stand out to me and and his qualities i mean we talked about it, a lot of it is it's something i love about him something i hate about him is this is this how like how he's just so insistent that he can do everything and mm-hmm. and and you know he can usually back it up you know and when mm-hmm. when he's that's what i love too about clone wars is like whenever there's a situation where it's like okay what like no anakin you can't do this by yourself like don't do it like this is dumb he he usually does it and and it works out and you hate him for it because you know it's <laughs> uh, it just brings out his his pride but he, you can tell he's compassionate when he does things like that it's usually to to you know, he like we mentioned earlier, he's he was all about liberating people, uh, and and he was he was all about you know doing the right thing when he was on the right side, and then you know ultimately he he made the you know the the sacrifice play you know to to bring balance in, in the end. So so yeah, I I think that those. Uh, those are that's the quality I, would, I always look back look back to when it comes to his character.
3: Can I can I throw one short one in real real quick that mm-hmm. I forgot to mention was just um, the the fight scene in Empire Strikes Back, which you know I mean that's I've said before, and a lot of people I know that that's their their favorite movie. It tends to be mine. I've never done this, but I, I kind of want to now. I want to go back and watch the Rogue One hallway scene and then the hallway scene at the end of the Empire because you know the Empire Strikes Back fight scene. It basically has three phases to it, right? You've got the the first part when they're carbon, you know, carbon freeze chamber. Then the second part when they're in that sit a little like that atrium area and Vader's just using the force to throw stuff at him. And then the third one where he comes at him down the hallway. And when he comes at him down the hallway, you know, and you've been away for a few minutes, it cuts back and it's quiet. Luke's book that, that weather vane thing or whatever. And he walks in and when he just comes out chopping at him, that's probably the closest thing to a Vader nightmare. I might have because it's just at that point, like he's not screwing around anymore, you know, like he's actually kind of mad and he's he's really coming at him pretty intensely, you know, both hands on it, you know, and just the style like the, I just I love that. That's my maybe my favorite lightsaber fight because of how it kind of amps up and looking back on it, the emotional stakes of it, which we don't know yet, you know, but I, I think it'd be interesting maybe to go back and, and watch that, because if anything, it, it helps, I think gives more credence to Luke's abilities in that particular moment knowing as we do as fans who he's dealing with you know and the kinds of things that, that Vader's capable of but that was just one I wanted to mention that's always a real that always gets me every time like how that builds is just so well done and choreographed for our, our last segment here
0: before we conclude um, we're gonna talk just uh, briefly on on lessons that we can learn from Anakin so what lessons have you guys gleaned from from him?
1: You know, one of the things that I wrote down was heed the wisdom of your elders. But then I was like, except that one elder. <laughs> um, I need your
3: help, son. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, but he does kind of, you know, again with the arrogance thing. Like he he thinks that he can just, and also what you were talking about, Andrew. You know, he he thinks he can just find the answer to all the problems, and 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 do it himself. And um he pushes Padme away a lot towards the end there. And, you know, she's like, Hey, this is a bad idea. What are you doing? you know, and um, so you know, even Padme, um, you know, just he he ultimately chose himself. Mm -hmm. Right. And so to not allow yourself to be so cut off from your community, from the people that care about you and their opinions. You know, sometimes you have to make certain choices that are very difficult that you disagree with your family on. Um, But ultimately, that shouldn't be just made on your own, period. You should get the advice and the counsel from people who are, you know, in maybe in the position that you're considering, um, from your spiritual directors, from your doctors, from your, you know, grandparents, from whoever, but to not allow yourself to be so isolated that, um, you allow one person or one group or whatever to really like have ultimately to have so much of a sway over you that, you ignore what the people that you love, you know, are telling you.
2: Yeah. Um, I think, you know, a big lesson is uh, another problem that he had was he thought everything was owed to him. You know, as soon as he was told, you know, he was the chosen one, it ultimately turned his, you know, that sort of a desire for adventure that we we're talking about earlier, it kind of turned more into a desire for power because that got into his head uh, before he even turned, you know, because like I think of like when, when you know, he was... Uh, brought to the, the, the Jedi Council and they didn't give him the rank of master. And, and he, that takes him off. You know? yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, if, you, if you're, so I guess the lesson is, if you think you're really good at something, even if you are really good at something, or if you feel like you're a good person or you do good things, don't think that anything's owed to you. Don't think that you should have some sort of, whether it's some sort of title or some sort of monetary or social gain. Just do good things because it's the right thing to do. You know that—that that was his ultimate fall, and the ultimate fall of all, all of us. You know is is our pride. Um, so I mean, you can you can literally learn every fundamental lesson there is mm-hmm. <laughs> when you look at his
3: character. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's that's a big one for me. I would just say, and I think we've kind of gotten at this already, but uh, what just came to mind now was that true, full love is giving, not taking. And even though you know, I wouldn't say his love for Padme wasn't authentic, you know, I mean, he he loved her, but it's 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 missing something, you know, because he's he's like the extents he's going to to get this this life with her that he wants isn't true love. And and that's and what made me think of it was in reverse, you know, like what is the crowning moment of his life when he becomes his fullest self? It's when he sacrifices his life for his son. Mm hmm. And and it's like you know, and it's different because you know he put his life on the line how many times, right? Sincerely, but I feel like Peter, right? You know, Peter, Peter fought for Jesus. Peter started taking ears off. You know what I mean? Like Peter, like he was risking at that moment. But but it's when when it's gonna cost you everything and there's no way out. You know, you're not gonna get out of this one. Like if you pick the emperor up, he's gonna fry your you know <laughs> life support system and you're going to die. And we won't get into the whole thing of yeah, unless someone really, 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 really uses the force really hard and heals you. We're, <laughs> we're not going to get into that one. But no, but 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 truly, like you know, to just uh, to do that in that moment, knowing he's going to die, you know, that that's to me, I always see that as that's the moment when he is his fullest self, and that's what he was always looking for, um, and finally realizes it at that moment. Yeah, I would,
0: I would sort of jump from that, and and the the lesson that that I wrote down was that redemption is never too late or too far from someone who is willing to repent and change because he, you know, lived, I mean, he was Darth Vader for, for however many, uh, years and decades. And yet, you know, he was able to, to repent and convert, um, back to doing the right thing at the very end and was able to, to be redeemed there, you know, and that's just a, that's a lesson for, for all of us too, is, is no matter how far we we've, you know, strayed from, uh, the faith or strayed from doing the right thing, you know, it's never too late, uh, to repent and come back. And that's, uh, the beauty of our God is he's, he's always there waiting. He's never going to force, but he's always there inviting and, and offering his mercy and his forgiveness to those. Um, even if their entire life they've, they've fallen away and and strayed, but if they come back with a repentant heart, uh, redemption there is, is never too late. So. Definitely a good a good character for us to 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 look to for these kind of things. Any final comments or observations that any of you have on Anakin slash Darth Vader?
1: I feel like there's so much still, but yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to what our our audience our listeners have to say too about Darth Vader. I'd love to hear what their favorite moments and favorite qualities and lessons are.
0: Absolutely yeah so that's that's kind of where we'll we'll end this, and listeners definitely let us know uh, what your thoughts are on Anakin and Darth Vader and you know whether you thought he was a, a good hero and a good villain, what your favorite aspects um, of the character were, what lessons you've learned from him, how you've connected and related to him. We'd love to hear it all. So you can let us know through various different ways. Uh, you can comment on our Facebook page. Um, at uh, StarQuest on Facebook.com slash StarQuest Media. You can tweet at us at at SQPN on Twitter. You can also email us any feedback at StarWars at SQPN.com. So definitely we look forward to continuing the conversation through those various mediums. Also, at this point, we'd like to take a moment and thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including this week... Lisa R, George U, Amy M, Connie W, and Robert H. And now is definitely a great time to become a StarQuest patron if you are not already doing so. Because thanks to a generous gift from a StarQuest supporter, when you start a new Patreon monthly pledge at sqpn.com slash give, the first three months will be matched by an equal amount from our donor. So if you become a patron at $10 per month, after three months, our donor will give $30 to StarQuest to support all our shows, including this one, making your gift go even further. So if you've been thinking about becoming a StarQuest patron, now is definitely the time to do so. And visit sqpn.com slash give today to become a patron. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast player if you have not already done so, so that way you don't miss a single episode when we release them. You can also find us on the SQPN YouTube channel, just be sure to click the bell to receive notifications of new episodes. And you can find any and all previous episodes of The Secrets of Star Wars by going to sqpn.com slash Wars. And we will be back in two weeks as we continue our character series by taking a deeper look into the very, 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 very old character of Yoda himself. So until next time, Andrew Hermes, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Thanks for having me. Angela Cialana, thanks for joining us this evening as well.
1: It was a pleasure.
0: And Mike Creevy, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you guys. Can't wait for the next one. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.